from the Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people. Credit Union ideas. Welcome to the CUNA News Podcast. I'm Associate Editor Brock Fritz, and I'm joined on today's Veterans Day episode by a pair of military veterans who will share their stories. Our annual Salute to Veterans campaign, sponsored by the federal home loan banks, highlights credit unions going above and beyond to serve the military community, as well as veterans and active service members who are also part of the credit union movement. Brian Fox hops on the podcast first. The retired U.S. Air Force Brigadier General's life has been defined in large part by service and credit unions. A board member of a $106 million asset Russell Country Federal Credit Union in Great Falls, Montana, Fox says his 40-plus years of service have kept him happy for a lifetime. He joined the podcast during an early Montana snowstorm to discuss his military service, his deployments, what drew him to the credit union movement, and how the skills and experience transfer between the volunteer efforts. Then I'll be joined by Advia Credit Union Manager of Talent Acquisition, Kylie Gardner, and Talent Acquisition Partner, Nate Roop an Army veteran and former paramedic. They'll discuss the effort the $3 billion asset credit union in Kalamazoo, Michigan, has put into becoming a veteran-friendly organization. Those efforts have been recognized by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency, which certified Advia as a silver-level employer for veterans due to their efforts to employ veterans and provide a supportive, inclusive work environment. They'll discuss why the transition from service to civilian life can be difficult, resources that exist to help that transition, and Roop's firsthand experience of leaving the Army for the civilian workforce last year. All right, let's bring Brian in and learn more about his lifelong passion for service, the military, and credit unions. Why don't you kind of start with explaining what you're up to now and how you're involved in the credit union space and kind of what else is going on in your life? Okay, so I actually retired from the military five years ago after 42 years of uh, service. And ironically, I've been also been on our board of directors for 42 or 40 oh, okay. years also. But over the past five years, up until the pandemic, my spouse and I, we lived half the year in Europe. And we lived the other half in Montana. Obviously, the best time in Montana is the summer. So we spent the summers there and the other time uh, we spent in Europe. And it was a great way to decompress. And we were there up until the pandemic. And then we came back, and since then, we've just been traveling around the United States. We have grandchildren on the East Coast and do a lot of hiking in Glacier and Yellowstone National Park. So, yeah, we're talking to you as part of our Veterans Day coverage. I know you said you have 42 years, I believe, of experience, so I'm sure a lot happened in that time, but how'd you get started? I was born and raised in Great Falls, Montana, and upon graduation from high school in 1976, I enlisted in the Montana Air National Guard as an aircraft mechanic slash crew chief on F-106 and F-16 fighters. At the same time, I worked full-time, and I went to college full-time, and I got a BS degree in economics in 1985. In uh, 1989, I was commissioned an officer, and I held several assignments to include logistics plans, nuclear biological chemical officer, personnel HR officer, Com squadron commander, comptroller, and from December of 05 to May of 06, I performed a combat tour in Iraq where I was the uh, aircraft maintenance squadron commander. 
I then came back and was assigned at our state headquarters at Helena, Montana, our joint force headquarters, both Army and Air, where I was the vice chief of staff, then the chief of staff, and then ultimately the last four years, I was the commanding general of the Montana Air National Guard. So like I mentioned earlier, retired with just shy of 42 years of military service. And I can't remember how many times I deployed, but I know it was to at least 13 different countries. And I was activated at least six times on state active duty for like wildfires, floods, oh, sure. those types of things. So obviously you were passionate about it. Why do you think it struck you to join out of high school? And then why do you think you stayed with it for so long? Well, I, I think it kind of is very similar for credit unions. You know, when we look for new board members, it's very similar to what we recruit for the military. You know, they're both volunteer organizations. Our nation has an all-volunteer military force, and board of directors are all volunteer positions. And we essentially look for three things. The first is desire to serve. The second is the passion to learn. And then third, do they understand the credit union model of you know, not for profit, not for charity, but for service. And, you know, very similar, the military model is support, defend the cost of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. So I think my passion for both those was I just must have had been born with the seed to serve. Where are the crossovers or how do you transfer your credit union skills to the military and vice versa? Well, first, let me just address the skills. You know, some of the skills the military taught me were, number one, to be engaged, two, discipline, obviously act professional, dependable. Obviously, there's leadership training. You learn real quick to be flexible and team building, those types of things. But specifically, the lessons that I learned that I applied really early on in my credit union career the first thing I learned was how to run a meeting effectively. You know, I learned some skills or attributes on how to keep it on track, how to give everyone a voice, and uh, make sure that you were basically developing or creating a consensus for decision-making. The next one was, and this is probably mid-career, I learned how to mechanize diversity of thought in the decision-making process. And the way I went about that was to create an environment of trust and respect, and then also create an environment in which the board of directors were excited to come to. And then it, it all basically came down to Brock, just open and honest communication and trying to make people understand that as a board of director, you have to speak as one voice. And a couple other things I think were really important as we got later into the career, we were doing CEO selections and those types of things, was to take responsibilities for your actions and uh, in yourself. And I constantly had to remind the board that, you know, at the end of the day, we're accountable for the final decisions, us and the CEO. Uh, and they we own either the success or the failure of those decisions. Real quick, and I rock, I would have to say the two lessons I learned most there were innovation and decision-making. In that environment, in a combat environment, things happen a lot faster. So you, and you don't have the resources and equipment you'd normally have. So you have to be very innovative and decisions get made fast and you just got to make them and move on. You can't, you can't dwell on them. As the comptroller, the credit union really helped me. You know, I was pretty familiar with balance sheets and income statements. And so I was actually able to apply 
a lot of the credit union stuff to the to the controller position. And then lastly, one thing the military taught me is how to get things done. You know, after witnessing numerous situations and scenarios, obviously you always have goals and you're measuring them and you're trying to achieve things. But boy, the military really taught me, you know, how to get over roadblocks sometimes and some pushback and how you can work around things. So what was your last role in the military and what was kind of transitioning out like for you? Oh, the last role, I was was the commanding general of uh, the Montana International Guard, which was about a a little bit over a thousand person organization, three units scattered across the state of Montana. Uh, One was a flying wing, one was a heavy engineering unit, and the other was a small cadre at state headquarters. When it was time to go, you know, I felt we had a really strong bench behind me. And that I had no qualms. Uh, I believe everybody should have their chance. I was given my chance. Uh, as one four-star general told me one time is, hey, congratulations, you're a senior leader flag officer. We're going to welcome you on the bus. But there's going to be a day that comes and we're going to ask you to get off the bus. Sure. And when that day came for me, I didn't have any heartburn at all about stepping off the bus. So now are you able to scratch that itch at all? I know there's credit union groups and people that talk to each other. Do you have that for service buddies or people you catch up with? Yeah, sure do. So twice a year, a group of us get together every year. And then we're also given some high-level briefings. They're all unclassified, obviously. But nevertheless, you can get a sense of what's really still happening out there. Plus, I still read military periodicals. And so try to at least keep aware of what's happening out there. Sure. Is there anything else that you just want to mention over the course of your either career? The last thing I'd leave you with, Brock, is one of my favorite quotes that I always shared with new board members that we were onboarding or new troops or airmen that we were bringing into the military is a proverb that's I'm really fond of. And it kind of goes like this. It says, if you want to be happy for an hour, take a nap. If you want to be happy for a day, go fishing. If you want to be happy for a month, get married. That's kind of a joke. Yes. If you want to be happy for a year, win the lottery. But if you want to be happy for a lifetime, volunteer for something that adds value to America. Sure. And that's what, when you volunteer for a not-for-profit, or if you volunteer for our country's military, you are adding value to America. And to me, that's one of the most highest callings there is. And now for our interview with Advia Credit Union's Kylie Gardner and Nate Roop. What happened was we started working with the MBAA to increase our certification with them to a sober level employer. And in order to do that, we had to meet some criteria. So that's obviously the, the how many veterans we hire, our willingness to essentially promote ourselves as a veteran. Nate, would that be the right way of saying it? Promote ourselves yeah, as a veteran? market it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, market it as a, a veteran employer. Have resources available for employees that are veterans. So we have what's called a, it's called a veterans packet. And it's essentially resources for somebody who 
specific to veterans that if they came to our human resources team with some sort of challenge that they're working through, we have an entire uh, toolbox packet of information that is resources we can provide to them that the MBAA has put together to allow them to get the help in which they need. So it's a certification. It's a deliberate, mm-hmm. intentional thing for us to be inclusive to veterans and veteran families that we're we're currently taking part in. What differentiated the bronze and the silver? Were there specific things? The biggest change was really the addition of that the the middleman piece that we have between our veteran population and the different resources that they have, right? The okay. packets that MBAA has for us to be able to provide. Now, because we do have some branches in Wisconsin and Illinois, we don't have state-specific stuff for those locations, but we can at least provide, hey, these are the resources we have for Michigan, you know, so there should be some, at least some similar stuff in the area for you guys. Sure. That's that's really been the biggest integration. I think that's really helped us step into that because we already had the rest of everything already in place. We were just missing that one piece for that silver. Okay. Is that the the connector? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, veteran connector. Okay. Thank veteran you. Connector. Uh, yep. And what kind of resources are crucial for this community? Oh, a lot. I mean, so when it comes to the migration and kind of the change, just because it's a different culture for a lot of the veterans, right? Mm-hmm. Just the work environment's different. They've lost a lot of like their healthcare and stuff like that, you know, that they've been dependent on in the past. They have the resources that you can reach out, reach out to for like different volunteer groups, different kind of consultation groups like that you can get together and kind of talk things out with as far as like bonding with like other veterans in the community. It's very in, in depth, right? They've got education benefits that people can qualify for. They've, they've got resources. stuff, mm-hmm, mental health resources. They've got, you know, all sorts of stuff. So definitely a lot of like suicide awareness kits that they have inside of it too, just because that does tend to be an issue when veterans kind of get out that they've seen. It's got a lot of good stuff feels like there's a lot of things out there for veterans or a lot of people who want to help. But yeah, mm-hmm. compiling all those and getting those to people is kind of a different. It's a lot. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a lot. And making sure that everybody's aware of it, you know, because yeah. the army is good. They've they've done a lot. At least I can speak for the army because that's what I was in. Right. But okay. they've done a lot as far as that reintegration back into like, you know, civilian society. Like they've improved a lot on the system because it used to be like a day that they do for that training. And now it's a week long process. Okay. But obviously there's still room for improvement on that. Like if we could do like a state by state one, you know, for people like, Hey, these are the resources that your state specifically has. That'd be incredible, but they just, they're not there yet. You know? So Michigan veteran affairs agency, they're really good at bridging that gap for our veteran population, which is awesome. We've also identified, you know, being part of the talent acquisition team, something that we participated in in the past is trainings that they offered to support employers on how to help veterans articulate their skill set from that Mm -hmm. military background into, for lack of a better term, relevant work experience skills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we we attended a few years back an entire training on that, you know, and and it's uh, something that the MBAA offers veterans too, is to be able to sit down with them and help them build a resume that takes their skills mm-hmm. from the service and makes it into transferable skill sets on their resume that would allow companies to understand what it is that they did in everyday terms that you would look at under normal resume. Because that's a, one of the areas of the, the biggest areas of struggle, you know, is is trying to make sure that your skill set is 
shows transferable to those reading the resume. Yeah. Like, for example, like an infantry guy, right? Like their their job description in the military is going to look totally different than what they want to put on their resume, you know, as the skills that they have. So and it's it's a it's very hard. I didn't know how hard it was because I always, at least in my career, I had more of a focus on my transition back into because I didn't want to be a lifer in the military, but I had more of a focus on building my resume for when I got out. But in that week long course, it was fascinating to see the variety of comfort levels, you know, because not everybody wants to get out of the military and sometimes they're getting told they need to, you know, so there's just there's different preparation that they have for it. So that's a big piece, the the learning how to communicate effectively to, you know, show, hey, I've got some relatable skills that I've, I've learned and developed, you know, there's definitely some teaching pieces that some people need in order to be able to integrate back into society. Why is supporting that community something that is important to you two and the credit union as a whole? I think it's just so often that there's a gap. You know, our our service servicemen and women, like they struggle in that transition sometime to move to civilian life. And oftentimes it's by way of finding a job, you know, that they can support their family. You know, there's a there's a wage that you have to be able to make to support those that you care about. And sometimes there's a gap there. And sometimes the the skill set, it's hard, it's hard to transfer it into civilian life. So for us, it's really just making sure that veterans know that there are companies out there that want to support them. So Nate, I know that you don't always talk about your transition. You know, how about you? Because obviously, you know, we talk about your history and what you did in the service in comparison to what you do now. But mm-hmm. how how did that transition feel for you? And, and how do you think that Advia made that transition better? Wow, that's a good question. There there were a lot of like hesitancies, right? Because it's a different, obviously military, different environment, you know? And so coming out, don't really know what to expect. Uh, my background was medical. So, and I was kind of trying to get away from the medical background. So I was looking for a new industry and I had no idea what to expect, to be honest. So just really, I struggled when it came to not having that surrounding of people to talk to. I was going to do like a stay-at-home dad thing while I used my uh, benefits that the army gave me on my way out the door for education. I went crazy just kind of sitting at home, like I need to talk to people. And so I I had to start jumping back into the workforce, if nothing else, just for the social needs. Um, and Advia was the perfect fit. I started at the front desk part-time and, you know, just kind of to get my foot in the door, see what the culture was like. And it was very, I mean, it is very inclusive, not was it, it's a very inclusive organization. They, they have a a sincere passion for helping people, which was my favorite thing. That's why I was in the medical field, right? I'm all about helping people. So uh, it's just, it's a good organization at no point. Once I got into Advia, did I feel like I was alone? So that's why when I talked to some of my buddies, you know, and they, they let me know, Hey, you know, like being a civilian stinks, you know, it's like, well, just got to find the right home, you know? So being able to help people get to that spot. That's a, that's a good feeling. We we always say that Nate Nate went big. He w- used to be a critical care flight paramedic, and then okay. he he came into mm-hmm. banking. So yeah. drastic, <laughs> drastic, drastic change. change. But it was good because you know there's that work life balance that it's really important, and Advia definitely can provide that. So yeah, and that was that was a family decision. We we sat back and we're like, you know, you're definitely taking work home with you at this point, yeah. you know. So it's a good time to get out. So, but not everybody. And I had a very cozy military career, like 
I was in Germany, basically just on vacation for three years, you know, and then I was in Texas in school and then in Alabama for three, three years and some change. But not everybody gets that. A lot of my buddies in that time, multiple deployments, stuff like that. So, you know, those guys who've really, really, really had an active military career, they'll, they'll have an even more difficult transition, you know, into civilian population. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think, um, agencies like this, organizations like this, specifically the MVAA, right? And they're, they're very important when it comes to that reintegration back into society. Mm-hmm. So you served about 10 years? Eight years. Eight mm-hmm. years, okay. Yeah. And then what was your, your gap? And this is your it's, first job, it sounds like? This is my first job outside okay. of the military. Yep. Okay. So really not that long of a gap. I got out, so I got out technically April of 2022, and I started working with Advia in July, right? Okay. So, and I didn't start my school again until, because my wife and I, we tried vacation a little bit after I got sure. out. I didn't start my school until April, May, probably May of 2022 again. So really started school, realized I need people, and then really started applying and getting into the workforce again. Okay. When you are talking to your buddies and stuff, um, do a lot of them use these type of organizations? It depends, right? So... Um, the guys who are still in, no, right? Like, because a lot of them are in different states. Sure. Um, a lot of them, you know, I've got some buddies in Ohio. I've got buddies in Florida. But a lot of them, they don't know exactly how much they can benefit from. So I think that's the biggest challenge and really the biggest hurdle at this point is getting getting that information out to the veteran population of, hey, you know, you have these resources prior to them finding themselves in a, in a time crunch to get a job, you know, and unfortunately ending up on the street sometimes, you know, so mm-hmm. really trying to beat them before they get in a time crunch, you know, so if we could get stuff like this to them when they're getting out of the middle, oh my gosh, it would be life-changing in some of their cases. Yeah. Nate, what do you think transferred about your, I know you said you kind of had your uh, eye on the future the whole time, but. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a forward, th- I like to be a forward thinker, but okay. really I, I'm not going to lie. I never once thought about a credit union. When sure. it came to like getting out, it's just that my wife has always worked in financial institutions throughout my military career because she's a military spouse, right? So at each of the branches, there were credit unions and she, she would go from credit union to credit union to credit union, right? So she's always loved them. So when we moved to Michigan, that's how she jumped in with Advia. But um, I'm very, like my whole life, I've, I love helping people. I'm service focused, right? That's what really drew me to um, the medical field. And when it came time to find an industry that I could step away from the medical, like I, I still have a huge passion for helping people, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I had time because we weren't in a time crunch for employment. I had time to kind of sit back and look at missions and values of just the different companies and Advia, like, oh my gosh, they're, it's basically, I always describe it as a financial hospital rather than a financial institution, you know, just because we're really there to provide that extra service to people. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so because this company has that service, it, it was a smooth integration. Like, I still feel like I'm helping people, you know, but not in a medical way, just more of a, you know, a longevity, like financial way. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube.